Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. Are you interested in automatically collecting investor commitments and processing distributions? InvestNext offers these features and more, giving you the opportunity to manage your entire portfolio in one institutional grade platform. At LifeBridge Capital, prior to partnering with InvestNext, our team struggled to provide visibility for our investors. We needed the ability to share data on our projects, process payments, and view performance all in one place. Since adopting InvestNext, my team has the tools they need to effectively manage the entire life cycle of each syndication. From capital raising and waterfall calculations to distribution payouts and securely delivering K-1s, we have everything we need in one platform. These features give our investors access to all their data in one place. We no longer are wasting time fielding basic investor inquiries about their investment performance. They're able to log in, see all of their documents, view their capital accounts, as well as invest in any current offerings, all from their mobile or desktop browser. If you want to learn more, book a demo at investnext.com and enter the promo code Whitney for 15% off your first three months. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Samit Makajani. Thanks for being on the show, Samit. Hey, Whitney. Nice to, nice to talk to you on this podcast. Thank you. Glad to have you on the show. Samit had shared that he's been listening to the show for quite some time. It's interesting. I was, I was telling him, I'm hearing more and more people who have been guests recently who have been listening for a long time and just doing big things in this industry. It's a pleasure to have you on, Samit. He was born and raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee and became a plastic surgeon before starting in commercial real estate as a passive investor. He then transitioned to active investing about five years ago, all while working full-time. He and his partner founded East Living Communities to acquire and operate mobile home parks. Sweet, welcome to the show. Give the listeners a little more about who you are and you know, maybe like why mobile home parks. Yeah, thank you, Whitney. Appreciate it. Yes, I was born in Tennessee, went to college in Omaha, Nebraska at Creighton University, and that'll kind of come back into the story later on. But yeah, I went to medical school, University of Tennessee, back at my state school, and then finished a six-year plastic surgery residency in Albany, New York, and currently live in Cooperstown, New York. So folks might have known about Cooperstown through the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's kind of our claim to fame. But we actually, you know, there are people who live here full-time, and I'm one of them, about 2,000 full-time residents, so a little small area. But yeah, I, I got into past investing first. I knew some other doctors who told me that you know past investing may be an option for me. And so I looked into that, actually uh, hooked up with a multifamily syndicator out of Indianapolis, actually heard him on a podcast, thought he was real reasonable and seemed like an honest, straightforward guy based on his conversation. So I called him up, we had a conversation and invested, you know, very quickly thereafter, probably learned a few things, you know, probably shouldn't just jump into a syndication with the first person you talk to, but that's kind of what I did. And then started, you know, as a passive investor, really liked what I was seeing through that in terms of income and the experience and the financials and learning kind of about multifamily syndication. And so I thought I was going to become a multifamily operator myself. That was kind of my dream and intention. So I actually went back to school. I guess I just love being in student debt. 
as I tell people, went back into school and got a master's in real estate because I thought, you know, I loved education, loved learning, but didn't have a lot of experience in commercial real estate. So I wanted to get a degree to maybe make myself more confident, but also to provide a confidence to investors if I ever approached them for money. At least they knew I had invested a lot of time and energy into this. So I went back to school, took about two years to get my master's degree. This is after being a plastic surgeon, is that right? Oh, yeah. While I was working full time, went back into school, did that kind of part time online, you know, and finished that in about two years and thought, well, I'm going to be a multifamily developer. That was kind of what my degree was kind of leading me towards. And so actually, I met my partner, you know, like seven or eight years ago, we both had been interested in real estate. And so that kind of led to us starting a multifamily development in Omaha, because we knew the area knew the market, knew some developers also in the area. And so just should have a 96 unit apartment development completed here in September, October of this year. It's kind of been a four or five year process, start to finish. And so that was kind of my intention was to be a multifamily developer. But along the way, my partner... VJ, who I owe a lot of credit to for, you know, carrying me along in this journey, was really interested in mobile home parks. He'd kind of been interested in it for about 10 years and said to me, you know, we should really look into mobile home park investing. He's kind of did a a boot camp with a well-known mentor and said, let's get into mobile home parks. I kind of looked at it myself. I really had no, no idea about mobile home parks, but really liked the business, liked the tenant base, thought it was really, really smart. So we started Easy Living Communities and we've been in the mobile home park space for about eight months now. We bought four parks in eight months and all through the Midwest primarily. And just looking to expand our business. So interesting. I mean, not only had you been to school for how many years as a, you know, to become a surgeon, right? Yeah, college, medical school, and then six years of training. Yeah. Give me just a couple things around. I mean, like you're a surgeon, now you're working full time, probably some pretty hard hours there, but it's like, you know what? You want to get into real estate, you want to have that degree so you can show some credibility, you know, to investors and just in this industry. You know, how did you manage that? Give us a couple tips around that before we move on around, you know, managing that type of career plus going back to school. I'm sure you received some criticism from probably family and friends. And what are you thinking? You know, you spent all this time and money over here to, you know, for this career. And now you're going to go do this real estate thing. What was some of that like and how did you manage that? Yeah, so managing it was, I think I've always been good at time management. Uh, When you're in medical school and and you're training and you're working ridiculous hours, but I kind of like the grind and and enjoy the hustle. So to me, it wasn't really anything out of the ordinary. Actually working one job, you know, finally when I became an attending and and just having more of a regular schedule kind of in some ways seemed a little boring to me. So I wanted to kind of maybe add a little bit more to my life. And so that's why I decided school was you know, an, an option for me. Basically, I'd work, you know, all day. And then I was taking two to three classes a semester online. And so my evenings and weekends were, were tied up. When I wasn't working at the hospital, I was, I was educating myself in my classes and going through that process. Go ahead. I was gonna say a lot of people, you know, did question it. I wondered kind of what I was up to. But I, you know, to me, I, I wanted to get that credibility. I wanted to educate myself. I love education. I mean, I tell people if I could be a full-time student for my whole life, I probably would have done that. If I could have afforded to stay in school forever, I would have done it. But 
you know, I really wanted to just get more knowledgeable on the subject and feel more confident when I went to investors. And was your goal to go full-time in real estate or are you still a surgeon today and do you plan to continue? Yeah, I've been a full-time surgeon up to actually January of this year. I went part-time, about half-time. And so my partner, Vijay, he's an attorney. He's actually full-time in our business. He left his law practice and I'm down to half-time and I don't know if I'll ever quit per se, but I kind of love the balance that I have now. You know, I work basically two weeks straight as a doctor and I have two weeks off uh, to work in our real estate business full time. So that's kind of our balance that we have now and I really enjoy it. Yeah, it just shows a mass level of commitment though, you know, to this career that you had, you worked so hard for, but then to say, you know what, this could be a great thing, you know, this real estate business over here. I just want the listener to hear that, you know, it's a mass sacrifice there. And for it sounds like for your business partner as well, you know, I mean, having a practice or a law practice and, and giving that up to go into this full time. And so tell me though, you know, you all then closed on, what would you say, four parks in the last, in six or eight months? Um, tell me some tips though that allowed you all to get that kind momentum momentum right from the beginning? Well, we kind of, I think, you know, part of this business is, is luck and timing. I mean, I really believe that, but also we, we had developed relationships. My partner, VJ had a good relationship with a broker in Omaha that we knew. And our broker really had never sold a mobile home park in 30 years of commercial real estate. But when we approached him about buying a mobile home park, he said, well, you know, I just happen to have a, a listing that has come to me. And, you know, would you guys be interested? And we said, you know, perfect timing. Let's, you know, let's look into it. And that really led to our first purchase. And the appraiser on that deal hooked us up with a foreclosure park. So he kind of connected us to that one. And then we had known a broker in another market through multifamily that we had been looking for, you know, at that time. and. He had a park on the off market that he kind of presented to us. So that was our third one. And then the original broker in Omaha brought us a fourth park since he was had, had another connection. So it was just kind of timing. One thing led to another. We feel really fortunate that we were kind of at the right place at the right time. But I always tell people it's you kind of got to be in the game to be in the game. So it, it really was just you've got to just kind of be out there, putting yourself out there, talking to folks, connecting with people to really kind of get into a lucky situation. You have to be in the game to be in the game. But, you know, it's interesting. You talk about relationships and it's so crucial. And people always ask even about this podcast, us doing a daily show, all those things and say, well, you know what? I'm getting to develop, you know, 30 plus new relationships, you know, every month. So think about that, you know? It doesn't come without a lot of hard work, but it's so worthwhile because of these relationships. And so, you you know, you had a broker relationship that led to a deal. Then the appraiser led, you know, to another connection to a deal. I mean, and, and it just snowballed. But tell me, you know, three of those were, I believe, or correct me if I'm wrong, were syndicated. You know, how did you know how to syndicate? How did you learn that process? I mean, it's not extremely complicated, but there are some things that can be overwhelming if you don't, you know, just know a few things or have somebody to guide you through that process the first time or two. How did you all get into the syndication business? Well, I educated myself, you know, about syndication just through books and podcasts and things like that. But I think I had mentioned before, my first involvement in investing in commercial real estate was as a LP or passive investor with a multifamily syndicate. So I had kind of been on the other end of the syndication process as a pure investor, limited partner. And so I had seen, you know, the PPMs, the operating agreements, the documents. I had seen kind of the the way we had spoken when I first connected with my original syndicator. And so I learned kind of through that experience quite a bit. 
And when it came time to syndicate, of course, I kind of knew the general process, but obviously got a syndication attorney on board very early who, again, walked us through the process. So it was a combination of my own experience and then reaching out to others who had more experience. Okay. Still relationships, sounds like. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Exactly. So now you are looking to expand, you know, obviously... We all are, right? You know, we're trying to figure out how to do that, right? What are the bottlenecks that we can take out of the growth of our business? And how do you all look to do that? How are you moving forward for growth? Right. So up to now, we've kind of invested our own money in in these deals, but we've also approached friends and family, and they've been extremely generous with us and trusted us, you know, from the very beginning. And so now we've kind of raised money deal by deal in each of our syndications. But as we move forward, we're moving towards more of a fund model, which I know you've talked with a number of syndicators on your show, Whitney, about going to the fund model. And we really you know, think that that's kind of our next evolution, which will allow us to scale and provide investors with a little bit of a different flavor in investing. Nice. Well, you know, how do you know, I get this question often and, you know, we talk about funds, but how do you know that like you all are ready for a fund? What are some things that you all have considered to say, you know, this is the time for us to start our own fund? Well, you know, raising money deal by deal has been educational and beneficial. I I really, really do believe that. And a lot of our original investors now want to come back in for more investments or they might have friends and family that we can connect to. So before we were kind of always just close knit group, you know, that we had in our circle, but now we kind of want to expand our circle. So we think the fund will allow us to do that. That's one thing. The second thing is, you know, every time you're raising, you're raising it for one deal. And we felt if we could get a large enough fund, it will allow the investor to kind of spread their risk and benefits through a number of different properties rather than just focusing on that one particular investment that they may be in. So for us, it was a combination. We wanted to scale. We wanted to grow faster. We think with a fund, we can probably double our portfolio kind of in a portfolio purchase maybe. So we see it as an opportunity to get more investors, to provide them more risk stratification, and to also scale our business. Nice. Will that be a 506B or C? We're looking at a 506B. Okay. So that means you know anybody that invests, you'll have to have a pre-existing relationship with. Right. Can you share anything around just the structure of that fund or things that you're thinking about how that's structured or you know how long will that fund last, things like that? Yeah. So we're currently working in the fund documents with our attorney. So a lot of that hasn't been completely you know, put pen to paper, but mentally... We've kind of always approached our deals as a straight split. So we've done just straight splits instead of a pref and a split. We've just done straight splits. We feel like that's been most beneficial to our investors and just getting them on board. And, and we're, we're large investors ourselves in our deals. So we probably anticipate another straight split situation. And we will raise money for a period of time. Three to six months is kind of what we're looking for, but could be extended if need be. And, and trying to raise you know, a decent amount of money so that we can go out and buy a portfolio type purchase in the mobile home park space. Nice. Any other things that are you all are working on that are helping you to scale or to find the next deals? Anything around that where you know it's helping you or you can see you know just more growth this year? Or to get to you, I think you had a goal, you know, 500 units getting to 500 this year. What are some things that you all are putting in place to help you get there? We feel like we do a lot of things a lot of other 
people in our market and markets are doing and also in our industry. And, and that's basically, you know, direct mail. We do a lot of direct mail. I don't know if you're familiar with Reonomy, but I'll put a plug in for Reonomy. We, we purchased Reonomy to kind of connect directly to sellers. We feel like that's a great tool. We also, you know, cold call sellers. We are in constant contact with brokers. Fortunately, a lot of our deals have come with brokers, which is great. So we want to keep that broker relationship. So we're constantly talking to brokers and, you know, things just kind of, like I said, you know, you talk to enough people, sometimes things kind of fall your way. So we're kind of doing all the common things that other people are doing, just hoping to, you know, get the next break or catch the next break in our business. Sumit, you know, how do you... You know, in the mobile home park business, how do you prepare for a downturn? You know, maybe similar to like this last pandemic this past year. You know, how do you prepare for something like that when you're purchasing a mobile home park? Yeah, so we obviously try to go into the investment in a cash positive situation. Every deal is a little different. And mobile home parks are really unique. They've all got their quirks. And so you try to get into the investment knowing that you've got upside in the investment and that you also, we also tend to really overraise when we go into these investments. So we have a healthy reserve at all times. And we also factor in kind of improvements as we we're getting into the park. So we think we're in a good space in the mobile home park space and that it's a very, stable kind of tenant base. It's very affordable. So we feel, you know, this is going to address a huge issue for Americans. And so we feel like we're in a good space that helps in a downturn, but also we tend to overraise. We tend to have a large number of reserves because things do pop up. You can't find every little thing in due diligence that you might want to or hope for. So you're always, you know, available with funds to improve things or or fix things that you might have not caught earlier. Do you have a like some kind of method there to know, you know, how much you need in a reserve account? Yeah, we typically factor in a certain amount per lot. So we we kind of mentally you know, raise that amount and and know we, you know, typically this is what we would expect to have for each lot in reserves, but some parks we go into, we know we're going to have to put a lot of work into the infrastructure or we bought one park knowing we'd have to repave all the roads. So we knew that was going to be an investment we were going to make right at the beginning. So it's variable based on the investment, but certainly kind of have a per lot reserve in mind. And do you have any predictions for the just the real estate market or mobile home park market specifically, you know, for the next six to 12 months? Yeah, I mean, since we've been in the mobile home park business, I feel month by month, things have gotten hotter and hotter, more competitive prices we've seen have just risen like crazy. So, you know, there, there probably will come a point where things come back the other way. But in this market, what we've seen in the mobile home park space, just gotten more competitive, cap rates have compressed, prices have gone up, and we're seeing like record prices across the border. Samit, do you have any daily habits that you are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? Yes, yes, I do. I actually knew you were going to ask me this question. So I, I've been preparing for months and months to get my daily habits in order so that I could, you know, present them here. But, you know, when I work <laughs> as a doctor, my schedule is kind of set for me. But when I'm working in the park business, in our business full time, I can kind of focus on how I want to, you know, spend my time, which I think is super critical. You know, time is so valuable. Health is so valuable. So when I'm working from home in our park business, what I really focus on are my faith, my family, my fitness, 
and in our work, you know, in the business. So those are kind of my four broad categories that I kind of break things down into. So I kind of give time to each of those things throughout the day, just kind of prioritizing those four aspects of my life as much as possible. So faith, family, fitness, and business, you know, those are kind of the way I look at things. And so every day I've been trying to focus on those things. And, and of course, being a doctor, I'm always focused on my own health and the health of my family. So health is wealth, Whitney, as you know. So we're, you know, that's, that's such a priority in my life. What's your best source for meeting new investors right now? So best source actually is a combination of our current investors who come back and want to invest with us again, but they're also linking us to a number of their friends and family. So that's been really, really fantastic. A lot of our investors are physicians just because of of my previous background and, and current background as a physician. So I feel like I connect and relate really well with physicians and educating them about passive income as an option. But also my partner is very active on Twitter. So we meet a lot of folks through Twitter, which, you know, I know is kind of a, sounds crazy, but massive amounts of money have been raised on Twitter and continue to be raised on Twitter. So I think that's another source that we're finding is, is really pretty valuable. What's a Twitter technique that you can share? Well, you know, I'm not the Twitter guy as my partner is, but you know, just Basically, I think on Twitter, it's just like anything in this business. The more value you add to people, the more they want to relate to you and connect to you. So I think you know, what I've seen with my partner and, and what he's done is you know, just giving details of our deals or potential deals or deals that we passed on or, or, or whatever it may be, just kind of educating people and sharing with them as much as possible really does bring in investors into your network. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I think curiosity has been one of my biggest strengths. And then just being a hardworking person, just going after it, hustling and trying to grind as much as possible to build you know, a life for yourself that you see. And how do you like to give back? Yeah, so I, I give back in a number of ways. Financially, give back to causes that I support and believe in. Second thing is I've been fortunate enough to be asked to be on a couple of nonprofit boards, especially we have a board at the hospital that focuses on providing care for folks who may not have the means or employees that might be going through tough times. So I'm a member of that board and really, really happy to be a part of that. The third thing that I always do is, you know, giving back in my profession as a doctor. I feel like that's one of my biggest contributions in my life. I'm primarily a reconstructive plastic surgeon, so really helping people who have massive problems or even minor problems, but reconstructing them, building them back up to try to be whole. So I'm always giving back to my patients in that way. And then educating other you know, folks in this business, our passive investors, people that I don't have a connection to yet, but want to have a connection to. And I just love educating our residents and, and residents around the country about what they're going to be going into as they begin their professional careers. So that's another thing. And, you know, our tenants, I, I spend a lot of time at our parks and get to know the tenants. So I feel like we're serving them just in the sense of providing them a clean, affordable place to live. Yeah, that's how I like to give back, Whitney, in all those different ways. Awesome. Well, Samit, pleasure to meet you. And again, thank you for listening to the show. And thank you for being a guest and just making it happen in this space. Such an interesting story, you know, going to all the trouble to be a successful surgeon, but then seeing the opportunity in real estate, you know, and going after that as well, you know, and your business partner also. Just an amazing journey there. And then also, you know, four parks in eight months. Congratulations to you all. Not everyone can make something like that happen. But, you know, the 
just how you all, you know, you spoke to just the importance of those relationships, you know, and, and learning the syndication business and now moving into the fund model from having health reserves and all those things. I'm just grateful to have you on. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Well, thanks, Whitney. I really appreciate your time today. It's been fantastic. There's several ways to get a hold of us. You can go on our website, Easy Living Communities, E-A-S-Y. A lot of people thought it was like an easy, but it's not. E-A-S-Y Living Communities. You can call me on my cell phone if that's okay to give out, Whitney. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, you can call me on my cell phone. You'll get right to me, 402-850-1315. But if you go on our website, you can get all our emails and, and all that as well. So happy to talk to anybody I can help along their journey and always love educating and connecting with other interesting people. So thanks, Whitney. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.